Hi, this is Greg Kilstrom. Welcome to season three of the Agile World, where we discuss customer and employee experience, organizational and workforce transformation, and how business can adapt and continually improve in an Agile age. The Agile World podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full stack technology services, talent services, and real world application. For more information, go to techsystems.com. To read more about the topics discussed in this show, you can go to my website at theagile.world and read my latest articles or get a copy of my latest book, The Agile Workforce, now available on Amazon and other retailers. My name is Greg Kilstrom, and I'm the host of the Agile World podcast. I'm excited to introduce the final episode of a special three-part series where One North leader Ryan Horner discusses technology's role in customer experience strategies, brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. Ryan, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks, Greg. I, I really appreciate the opportunity, and I, I think that your agility theme is really important for all businesses to hear today, so I'm looking forward to being part of it. Wonderful. Love, love to hear that. Yeah, it's, it, it definitely it, it applies in a lot, of, a, a lot of circumstances, particularly what we're going to talk about here. Uh, but why, first, why don't you uh, tell me a little bit about your background and, and what you do at One North? Sure. So I'm, I'm the managing director of technology, and I've been with the business for, for 18 years. So I lead our various technology teams from uh, solution architecture to hosting to tech operations and, and R&D. Um, and I, I feel really lucky to be a part of, of One North. I think we have a pretty special place with a lot of uh, world-class people across all the disciplines necessary to help businesses do digital right to help transform their businesses with digital. But I mean, I think a little bit more than that, my philosophy is that I, I really believe in the power of technology uh, to improve our lives, but, but, but also our businesses. But I, I really feel that many businesses struggle with that. They, they fight, they feel like they're fighting the technology rather than yeah. wielding the technology. So, so while I love technology for technology's sake, I spend a lot of my time thinking about process um, and people and how to put those together with technology to make it actually work. That's great. Yeah. And, and definitely so, so needed um, with the, I think a lot of people agree to the, um, to the premise, right. That, that it's important, but actually doing it and, and operationalizing and, and improving it over, over time. I think that's where there's a lot, of, there's a lot of companies struggling with, with doing it right. So true. So yeah, let's 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 jump in here, and uh, you know, from your perspective, what makes up a great customer experience, and and why is it so important to get that right? So I think why it's so important is because you are living your brand every day in all the interactions you have with customers and prospects, and in in a competitive world that we all live in, each one of those engagement opportunities is really a chance to either impress or repel. <laughs> um, and so relative to your competitors, it's really important that you, uh, that you make an, a positive impression. I think all, all great companies know that. And that's why we're talking a lot about being customer focused, or I think it was Amazon that used customer obsessed, um, yeah. in a way to think about how you create customer experiences, but for a number of reasons, um, that we'll probably talk more about, uh, today. You know, this is challenging for many, many companies, and I think their digital interactions fall behind what they, the way they want to project themselves. Um, you know, maybe they're lost in 
the momentum of how they do things, their organizational structure, just legacy operational approaches um, yeah. to to how they they want to see themselves from from the customer experience that gets in the way of that. Um, but so, what makes great customer experiences? I think it really comes down to having empathy and being indelible. So empathy is about meeting the customer where they're at and telling a compelling story with the context of their interests, what their pro unique problem is and personalized with respect for, for, for the way they wanna engage with you, which is highly customized. And then indelible because it needs to be, it needs to stand out and be memorable um, so that they want to engage with you again. I mean, it used to, it used to be that we had uh, brand loyalty, right? There was a certain brand that I always use because I've always used it. Those days, those days are kind of over. So you have to earn brand loyalty by creating customer experiences each time um, to get and keep those customers. So that's why it's as essential as the success of your business. Yeah. And, you know, you, you touched on a, a few things there, but uh, there's been constant change and whether that's change in technology, change in customer preference, but we've been going through the, the obvious big change here, the pandemic and just how companies have had to adapt to that. How has the pandemic impacted um, how brands communicate with their, their audiences? Yeah, I mean, initially it was just kind of chaos and there was the, the time frames and the trajectory are unknown. So I think we got to kind of throw that away uh, yeah. because it's a bunch of short term thinking. But, but the dust has started to settle now, right? We're, we're, at, we're at the 12 months from inception. We're still working our way through um, the other side and the new normal. But to, to me, it's really just accelerated a collection of trends which were already well underway. Um, and the new normal that we keep talking about is change. Is That's what we can expect in the future on the other side. But it was in the before times too, <laughs> right? Yeah. So. So maybe I'm being hopeful, but my hopeful impact is that um, it has made the digital transformation that everyone was considering and was on their roadmap at some point, it's made it a top priority now. Uh, maybe even an existential priority, which is maybe what it takes to um, do the work to really to really transform. And and. Part of that may mean like, do they fund it? Do businesses fund it appropriately from, from a corporate structure to all the organizations and all the leaders out there? Um, and maybe I'll define digital transformation because it is so used that it can mean all things to all people. But uh, I mean, I think at One North, we think about it as the opportunity for each business to um, create, reimagine all interactions that a business has across touch points with a digital first mindset, not digital only, right? We're talking digital and physical, but but because we came from a physical past where we didn't have digital, as we're reimagining our businesses, taking a digital first mindset allows us to make that transformation and improve upon it. I mean, the other thing around the pandemic, you could say no one could have known or planned for a one in a hundred year event, right? But right, what you right. could have planned for was, was change because that was already happening. And if you, if you built your business to handle 
and adapt, right, to be agile, <laughs> um, then you were going to be able to better handle. And the, and the ones that were, were able to adapt much more quickly. Uh, so, I, I mean, it really gets to the root of, of why I love your theme, Greg, is do, do businesses really buy into this notion of an unknown future and create a business that will thrive by adapting to that as opposed to charting a course with clear predictions of the future that will be wrong and sticking to it. <laughs> like that's, that's what agile is about and the pandemic proved it. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I like that because to your point, what's, what's transpired during the pandemic from a business to obviously lots of, lots of other things going on um, in the world, but what's transpired from a business perspective it's, I think to your point has really kind of forced some things to happen maybe quicker or more thoughtfully than um, than they would have if just kind of left to their own devices and be like, okay, well, we can invest in digital transformation in three years because our stakeholders or our board are not prioritizing that. It's kind of it it's kind of brought a reckoning to those organizations that really have deprioritized that. And, and you see that the ones that, that have prioritized transformation, um, maybe they still had some work to do and, and were, were quite busy over the last year, but they were, they were on a better footing when this, when this began, because to your point, they were, they were anticipating the unanticipated, which is that we all are moving towards a digital and more and more digital future and need to track, you know, all of these things and, and, and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, as, as we talk about, um, you know, some of the technologies that enable, um, digital transformation. So, you know, sales marketing platforms, um, how do these technologies, um, help this transformation process, help this, um, this ability to create better customized, um, and personalized experiences for customers? Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's interesting to talk about how technology solves this problem by talking about the history of the technology we're using for digital, right? So back to the basics of what the internet was built to do and the web protocols were built to be anonymous and stateless. And I'll get to the answer to your question by starting here, I promise. Sure, but sure. <laughs> but uh, it, it's anonymous in the, the web. When you load a web page, it has no idea who you are, knows nothing about you, doesn't really care. And it's stateless in that it can't even not just distinguish between people, but it doesn't know one visit from you to the next visit. It's not, it's not recording a state of what you did before. And obviously to create a personalized experience and to create a customer experience, which has context, um, our tools need to be aware of that. So the, the, the marketing technology tools, which we call Mar MarTech, the MarTech ecosystem, um, if a business builds and integrates a MarTech ecosystem, which consists of a CRM system, a CMS or a content management system, some sort of email or marketing automation tools, and, and then an analytics platform. If those four key constructs, and there's a lot of edge cases in addition to that, yeah. but if those four key constructs are talking to each other and sharing and recording data of each of the touch points with which a customer or prospect comes to you with, it will allow you to start to identify and de-anonymize the, the underlying protocols and technology of, of the web. And, and once you have an identity, now we can start tracking history of what they've done in the past. Is this the first instance that we have? 
what is the detail of what they were interested in in the last engagement or what were their past purchases? That gives you context, that gives you state about the individual on the other side. Uh, so, the, you know, it can feel overwhelming and complex, but what I often ask um, customers and clients to do is to think what you would do if someone walked into your physical office or your store. Would you broadcast the exact same message to every one of them, regardless of what they were coming in with? Or would you ask them a little bit about what they're looking for? And obviously you'd go to the latter. So our web technology for the most part is doing and being treated as a broadcast message, all things to all people. Yeah. But our technology finally has the ability if built, configured, and you have internal people and processes that know how to use it well, can know that information like you would ask if they walked in physically and start to tailor the message to be um, the most compelling for what you know about them. Yeah, and I mean, I think the the stats show that, you know, customers, not only do they respond better when content is and, and experiences are personalized, but they've come to expect it, right? So it's, it's one of those things where um, if you're not doing it already, especially if you're, you're reaching a, you know, a large audience, it's really um, your competitors have been thinking about it and have been probably doing it for a while. How do you, um, you know, how do you talk with customers about that, you know, sort that, that approach of like to, to get started, you know, cause they, um, uh, just, you know, is it, do you start with a small, you know, pilot project? Like how, how do you usually get started with a personalization effort or things like that? Yeah. And it, it, it goes very much back to the agile principle of a minimally viable product, both so you can learn what works and doesn't work. And so you don't bite off more than you can, you can chew. I think, I think a lot of organizations are stuck in, um, complexity of trying to launch the, we've, an approach that personalizes all experiences for all people, but you have to take a baby step. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the way I like the, the simplest way to think about it is to pick one component or one page that you have where, you know, one or two conditions about users that are coming to that digital experience and then content that would fork based on that condition that, you know, that would be compelling. So sort of the C's there of like, Keep it simple such that you can do a trial to, let's say the condition is that you know someone is coming looking for a job at your company versus someone is coming as a new potential customer. The marketing message, the digital experience you provide can really easily fork and you know you have different content for that. So start respecting their time and their interest and the context of how they're coming to do that personalization. But you can, but you can and should start small to answer answer your question. Rather than if you try and personalize all the things, you simply won't get started and launch it. Agile is the only way to create personalized experiences in a business. Like like we were talking about earlier, I think most companies agree with the premise that um, you know that it's it's important to have great customer experience. Maybe they disagree on you know some of the execution of it or, or whatever, but they're not all doing it and they're not all doing it well. What are, what are some of the challenges that, that brands have when they're trying to use technology to enable great customer experience? And, you know, where, where might they typically go wrong? 
first thing to say is that, that, that you're not alone. <laughs> it, 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 all are challenged to some degree. They're, you're on a different point of the journey. And, and there's a whole lot of root causes. Maybe I'll try and pull out a few. But um, I mean, technical debt, lack of expertise in-house to use the tools that make this work, um, organizational structure, just momentum of that's not how we do things, right? Like ch change is hard. So to, to get more specific about challenges and, and potential solutions to it, um, I think I'll go back to the marketing technology stack and ecosystem that you have and making sure that it talks. So if you have isolated tools that create isolated experiences across touch points and maybe even across departments, if each department has their own technology and, and neither the people or the, or the technology excel itself is shared, you've created silos. What do customers want? They want a seamless journey across your business and silos um, are the antithesis of that. Yeah. yeah. So it's technology has to talk and then the teams have to talk. If, if you have a digital team and a in-store team or a physical team that work independently, are incented differently, have different budgets, or just if, just if they don't talk, your customers will lose. You, you don't create empathetic and indel indelible experiences um, when you've got a disconnect of how your business goes to market, which is effectively is what that's doing. And it may have made sense to segment those groups before, before you needed to create a unified digital experience. So it's really about connecting them um, seamlessly. Yeah. Um, and I think for, for maybe organizations that are more mature around how they communicate and do agile processes, it could be that maybe they have too much data. <laughs> so they are overwhelmed with so many tools and so many analytics reports that they actually can't make sense of that amount of big data and what they really need is is insights right so being able to glean and, and provide data science review and understanding to the data to give them um actionable ways to improve so to follow on that um you know then what totally agree that I, I think big big data has allowed us to um collect a lot of information but also um sometimes get overwhelmed by it right um, and and maybe not be able to see the um, the forest for the trees sometimes. What what role should data play in, in a customer experience journey? I mean, in the changing world fueled by digital that we're talking about, data is the input that shows you where you should be going, shows you what's working, what's not working in real time from real users, right? In, in the before digital times, that was the dream state to be able to get that kind of insight but a lot of businesses still aren't taking advantage of it. And if you, if you look at historical quarterly numbers for sales, that's a backward looking metric. If you're trying to drive forward, leveraging a backward looking metric is never gonna take you there, especially against competitors um, who are forward looking with real time data. So the role data plays is it is extremely valuable to, to effectively define our priorities and our focus. It's not, it's not something for the data science team to just do. It is, it is the fuel and the light uh, to share with the whole business, from product to sales to marketing, to allow us to to, to allow us to effectively adapt. Um, and it's the, it's the root of of the agile process of saying, let's do a, a minimally viable product. Let's let real people see it, 
and the data from their experience will tell us where to focus, where we're falling short and what to improve upon. So to build on that then as well, um, when you're working with an organization and, and measuring success, um, you know, how, what's, what's the philosophy or what's the approach as far as what types of metrics um, should they be paying attention to? And, um, you know, and what, what should that be based on? Since, you know, every organization is a little bit different, different um, and often competing priorities, but, you know, how, what's, how do you, how do you coach and, and guide organizations in, you know, paying attention to the right types of metrics? Yep. So you're right. Everybody, everybody's unique. And, and so we need to align with that, but everyone should have their own KPIs or key performance indicators that the data will drive to showing you what, what success is. And, and I think the, the general inclination is like, well, I want return on my investments. I want greater sales numbers or more eyeballs or more contacts. Um, but I think we need to go a little deeper to make that actionable uh, and attributable, um, right? Your goals have to be something that drive you. Uh, and so we got, we got to go one more level of detail. And, and, and I think the way to talk about that is, is defining personas together about what the optimal sales journey is, um, all the discrete steps that could be taken, each of the forks in the road that a, a, an existing customer or prospect would have, and then making sure that we get reporting on all of those interactions and, and whether certain ones increase or decrease the unique goals and outcomes that we want as a business. And that's where I'm gonna be a little vague because it depends on, on industry and what, what really drives that business. Um, but then going back to what, what's indelible on each one of those steps and, and what's the empathy of where they're coming for really being that, that customer focus. And, and I, we don't have to be overwhelmed with every persona that could possibly exist. Pick, pick the baseline personas and then get more sophisticated, more segmented and, and get more attributes to be able to slice and dice that as you enhance your, your, um, data science kind of engine. The final thing would be to, to, to think about smart goals, which maybe some people are familiar with things that are, um, specific, measurable, achievable, uh, relevant and, uh, time bound. So that if you just have really high level lofty metrics and you can't make an attribution to experiences you're providing, then it doesn't provide the insight that we need. So um, last question before we, we wrap up here. So as, as we've been talking this, this whole time about this, this ever increasing pace of change, and I love your uh, highlighting a, an agile approach and, and, and things and, in, 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 cause I think it I definitely agree. And it, it applies to, to all of this as organizations face this, this pace of change, What's your recommendation for, you know, CX in, in 2021? I mean, you know, we're not, we're not all the way through the pandemic just yet. There's a lot of, you know, there's increasing, um, you know, continual change overall. Like what, what should organizations be thinking about for, you know, for the, for this year and, and customer mm -hmm. experience? I would say it's um, threading the needle a little bit to combine a high level strategy with agile execution. Right. I think a lot of organizations will want to define a specific tactic around 
a few people or one process or let's add a new tool, a new piece of technology as the easy button or the easy target to say, we're transforming. But our recommendation at One North is really to think holistically about a strategy and a high level roadmap, not a specific roadmap about when features will be delivered, but a high level roadmap about where you're going. What are your business drivers? What are your business goals and, and, and outcomes? Where are your investments going? Um, and making sure that that's a unified strategy and roadmap across your business units and, and departments, as opposed to being disconnected pockets. And once you have that, now we can be more agile, right? As the, as, as the high level guidance um, to us allow each, each of us to go away and work and, and do a rationalization of your technology um, yeah. and, and create processes that allow you to iterate with an MVP approach and, and do lessons learned. I mean, don't do big bangs of like, all right, when do we launch our three-year roadmap? Like, well, you're gonna, you're gonna do it every day and you're gonna adapt and adjust. And I think one key thing um, that can really wrap your head around this as an organization is to think about your MarTech stack and your digital platform as a product of its own that you manage as a business, as an engine for how you go to market. The collection of your digital tools, your marketing technology stack is your own product. And then what are all the roles and resources and planning that you do if you think of it holistically as as one thing rather than disconnected pieces. Well, Ryan, uh, thanks so much for joining the show. Um, for for those listening, what's the best way uh, for them to keep up with what you and One North are doing in the CX strategy space? Yeah, OneNorth.com is a great place um, to see all of our insights and, and our recent and, and past work. But I'm also happy for anyone to reach out to rhorner at OneNorth.com. I love brainstorming and talking to organizations and people about their their agile and digital journeys. Wonderful. Well, again, I'd like to thank Ryan Horner from One North for joining the show. Uh, learn more about Tech Systems and their perspective at TechSystems.com slash version next now. I'm Greg Kilstrom. Thanks for listening to the Agile World. Thanks again for listening to the Agile World podcast brought to you by Tech Systems. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can learn more and get a copy of my latest book, The Agile Workforce, from my website at theagile.world.